right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli from MileHighSticking.com, here with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, and obviously not the outcome we wanted in Game 3, but um, some good things to take away from that loss. Obviously, some negative things to take away from that loss, and we will break it all down like we have been doing after every game in these playoffs. I will be joined today by Eric Jensen. I was going to be joined by Nikki, who you probably all know very well. She was um, wanting to come on for today's game, but had some things to do uh, with the fam. So she, I had Eric scheduled for four, Nikki scheduled for three. And I think we're just going to flip-flop those. So Nikki will be coming on um, after game four, which will be tomorrow's show. And uh, Eric will be on here in a few minutes. So, yeah, before we get to Eric, just uh, first things first, follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever is on your mind. If you want to do this, if you want to be on the show after an avalanche uh, playoff game shoot me a line either through gmail at lockdownavalanche at gmail.com or on uh i'm on twitter quite a bit so lopn underscore avalanche like i said um yeah come on the show and we'll talk about the game win or lose what the avs did well what they need to improve on pretty much like we're going to be doing right here right now with eric so why don't we jump into that right now and uh, hear what Eric has to say about the Avalanche loss, their first loss in the playoffs, technically, aside from the round-robin game to uh, Vegas. So uh, let's jump into that right now. All right, so welcome back. And back on the show, it's been a a little while since we've had him on, but he uh, is a returning guest, and it's Mr. Eric Jensen on the show. Eric, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm good, Chris. Always nice to come on and uh, talk a little hockey. Love it. Love it. So uh, keeping yourself busy during these uh, strange times. You said you're back at your uh, university right now, but it's kind of quiet, is it not? Yes, very You're you're in your own little bubble. You're in your own little Edmonton right now, right? Yep. Very, very (laughs) quiet. Uh, Very quiet. Yes, definitely in my own Edmonton right right now. Uh, I've been in my own Edmonton since uh, June. I spent the large larger part of a quarantine finding all kinds of different sports to watch. I am addicted. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I got deeply into like uh, European soccer over the past few months. So I've been watching a ton of that. And then when North American sports came back, I've just been watching a ton of hockey and, and some basketball here and there and some baseball every day. So You're watching uh, a lot of like uh, ESPN eight, like ESPN and the Ocho or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely got into a little bit of that over the course. So uh, watch some Ultimate Frisbee highlights. Oh, my replays. So, Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's uh, with dark times. You're right. So uh, with all that sport watching, obviously you are a uh, Colorado Avalanche fan. Watched game three, their first uh, loss in this postseason uh, outside of the – round robin tournament obviously so um 
I guess, what's your overall take on game three? Some things that they did well, some things that they didn't do well. Um, you know, they, they was it 51, 52 shots on goal? Is yeah. Damn good. Yeah. Uh, very little to show for it. But, um, yeah, obviously, in, in any game, even if it's a game that you do win, there's things that you would still need to work on. Uh, but the sting doesn't hurt as much uh, when you win games like this. So they lost – obviously. So uh, what did you take away from it, from uh, from their first loss to uh, Arizona? You know, I think my biggest takeaway is just sometimes hockey is for one sport where you can play the perfect game, like a great game everywhere, good game defensively, get a ton of shots, get good looks. But if you run into a hot goalie, like you're just in trouble. And to a certain extent, back this has already kind of happened to them within the bubble. I mean, you flashback to kind of game one where Jordan Biddington was unreal and and played super well for about I would I would say like three and a half, uh, two and four fifths periods <laughs> of 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 uh, of that game. And I mean, Darcy Kemper was just incredible. I, I really didn't see a ton the Avs could improve on. I mean, maybe quality of shots. Right. But when you start saying that, like, you can't have your cake and eat it too because I know, like, game one, game one, I didn't think they shot enough. I, I thought they were too passive and they were too kind of, especially before that kind of third period onslaught at the end there. They were just trying way too hard to find the perfect shot instead of just firing it pucks at the net which really worked out well for them in game two specifically going back to the game winning goal for Burakovsky and and um yeah I, I just think they ran into a hot goalie in game three and and that is kind of my big major takeaway from game three I didn't think they did a ton badly mm-hmm. I thought they did a lot well uh but uh yeah I'd like yeah. to see the power play do a little bit better. You would. You would well, you you'd like to see the power play uh have some sort of payoff. Right. Uh the, the power play is as has looked good. The only thing that hasn't is the one thing that counts, which is goals, which is putting up points. They are moving the puck around actually pretty nicely. They're getting pretty good looks. Yeah. Um, but you know, when Kempfer was hot, and that includes when the ads were on the power play, right. I totally agree with your um, getting better uh, chances and better looks. Because if you go back and look at, at uh, a lot of the shots that they took, I mean, they, they took 51 shots. And of course, you know, Kemper made some really good shaves, uh, saves. A lot of those, he, I mean, they, they weren't like blocking him in front of the net that much. Um, he had really good uh, a line of sight to a lot of these shots um, that the Avalanche were taking. So did he do a great job? A hundred percent. And he deserves all of the, the credit for that victory. Um, but the Avs got to do a little bit better job of, of getting like some, you know, to use the term traffic in front of the net, it, and, which is something that they're good at doing, but it didn't seem like they did it enough. And a lot of that goes towards Kempfer, obviously. A lot of it goes towards the defensive structure for um, the Coyotes. But um, he he was he was the difference in that game. And you mentioned uh, Bennington for um, 
St. Louis and, and look what's happened to them. They were in the driver's seat against the avalanche. And that was, you know, Kadri putting that puck back with 0.1 second. Um, and since then it's just been downhill for them. So it can have a lasting effect on guys if, uh, in both directions. Could this be the jumping off point for the coyotes and kind of use this uh, performance by Kemper to continue this? Or do you think the abs will figure it out? The avalanche are too good. Um, and, and eventually they'll get, you know, they'll, they'll bring this series home. No, I kind of doubt that. I kind of doubt that the, the coyotes are going to suddenly surge. I mean, I just, great teams lose playoff games. Like it, it is so rare to see an NHL team, you know, I mean, look at the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. I mean, they ran into Corey Crawford tonight, who was unreal. He put up a 49 save, a uh, one goal performance. Did that game uh, end? I didn't see the yes, end of that. That, that ended. Uh, Corey Crawford was amazing throughout the third period and, and throughout the whole game, really. But do I think the Blackhawks are going to win that series? No, I think they might give uh, the Knights a run for their money, maybe win game uh, win game five. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they're due to win probably two games in that series. But, I mean, I, I just don't think the Coyotes are that great a team. I, I think it's kind of weird to rotate your goalies in the playoffs. I get the – statistics and the trends have been going that way but I think so much goaltending is is rhythm and I thought it was really odd to start French uh I can Francois. never pronounce his name Francois I just call him <laughs> everyone would say Francois uh, yeah call him Frankie Francois uh uh I mean I just thought it was Really weird to start, Frankie, in that situation where Grubauer had played so well those first two games. Um, and I, I'm not saying the loss is on for so He was still great in the game. Both mm-hmm. those goals were, were pretty high-quality chances. Um, and most of the Coyotes' goals, for that matter, were empty netters. So uh, I just I, I just feel like the Avs are going to get back on track. I mean, cup teams lose games all the time. So I, I, I feel like it's about how you respond. So game four is obviously uh, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I think putting uh, Frankie in was was necessary. You know, uh, you know, it's a back to back. So, right. you know, go go one and one. And then, you know, Grubauer will obviously be, although they haven't said, but I think everything is leaning, you know, towards Grubauer being back in there. Why, why wouldn't he be? He's winning you, your two games right now. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody runs through the playoffs. You, you are going to have losses. And just how we're talking right now about how the Avalanche, you know, what they need to do differently uh, for the next game in game four, uh, the Coyotes were doing the same thing when they lost their games. That's what teams do. Like you lose games and then you need to reevaluate, reassess, right? What worked, what didn't work. And, you know, let's implement a couple different wrinkles for the next game. And that's what we're going to see with the avalanche. I think they know what they didn't do. I mean, they got enough shots on goal. And when you have that many shots on goal against a supposed uh, one of the better defenses in the league, okay, well, clearly getting shots on goal is not a problem against this team. So, but now we have to figure out the second part of this defense and that's the goalie. 
So that's what they have to do right now. And I, I, I mean, I am not in any stretch of the imagination in panic mode. Doesn't really seem like that you are either. Um, you go to the social medias and it's like, you know, the world is collapsing and you know, after every avalanche loss, it's, you know, it's a fight. I'm, I'm convinced that half <laughs> of the people that, that tweet about the avalanche on Twitter, just a have just barely started watching hockey. I think <laughs> just, just because the avalanche have gotten so good the past few years uh, and be just like, are massively overreactive. They're also all Broncos fans, so that that's <laughs> probably also part of it. Because there is no more overreactive fan base than, than, the, uh, Denver than the Denver Broncos <laughs> as well. And I say that being a Broncos fan, uh, but I mean, yeah, you just got to chill out, man. Like it's not. I mean, you look at last year's St. Louis Blues. They they struggled throughout the playoffs at points and. Good teams overcome adversity. It is really all about how you respond. I'm just going to go back to that point. Like, good teams win after losses. It, it, it'll it be time to panic if the Avs somehow – I mean, if it's an overtime loss tomorrow, that's overtime. You know, you can't really chuck it up to that. But if they lose by, like, more than a goal in regulation tomorrow, maybe then it's time to say, oh, well, What's the momentum's on? swinging a little bit. What's going on here? Right. But – it's about how you respond, and I, I think the Avs are going to respond yeah. well. Oh, I, I absolutely think so, too. And, and like I said, that's a sign of a, a seasoned team, which, believe it or not, they are. As young as they are, they, they have a lot of experience in the playoffs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I do. I think they will turn things around and, and figure it out tomorrow. It's not like they played horribly. They, they, they played well. Um, now, that doesn't mean that there aren't some specific players that do need to step it up. Um, one is, is a lot of people are on Miko Rantanen right now. Um, I think some of it is warranted. I, I hardcore disagree. I, I, well, I, I, say, hardcore I think some of it, some that. of it is warranted. Some of it is a little bit overreaction. I think, it, you know, it comes with, with a loss. People are going to amplify it a lot more. Um, do I think, do I think he's played up to his potential right now? No, I don't think he's played poorly, but do I think he's played up to that elite level that he is so capable of? I don't. I don't. And, and I think I don't, I just, I don't know if something, if he is playing through some sort of injury, I don't think they would let him out there if he was, but he doesn't seem the same. He still seems okay. Uh, but he doesn't seem his normal self out there. And I don't know why, what do you think? What, what you have any thing to say on, on ranted and kind of push back on that. I, mm-hmm. I, I disagree a little bit. He was, he was not great during the bubble games. I, I would agree with you, like the, uh, pardon me, the round robin. Round robin, okay. He wasn't really a factor during those games, and I kind of was thinking the same thing. But, I mean, he scored a great goal in game one, and I get that it, it, it's kind of meaningless, the, go- the goal he scored yesterday. But it was a nice goal. But, but it was still a nice still, goal, and right. he, he was still able to get on the score sheet. I, I really think it's a – I, w- I would just kind of push back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like he has played pretty well. And, I mean, the-, the fact of the matter is Nathan McKinnon has just kind of taken over this series. And when you have a player like Nathan McKinnon who is playing so well right now and who is demanding the puck and really driving the offense, it you kind of have to – it takes a second for guys to click in 
and say, hey, I need to find my new kind of second fiddle role where I need to get open and, and wait for passes and things like that. And I think Rantanen has found that. I, I think I'm more just a tiny bit worried about Gabriel Landeskog. Mm-hmm. He, he hasn't, to me, really generated a ton of shots. Um, he's gotten to the net really well. He had that great deflection goal in game two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just not too worried about those guys about about yeah. that top line i i just i i think that they are all playing pretty well right now yeah and and i think uh, a kind of a to play off a point that you were making about when you know uh a guy like nathan mckinnon who seems like you know he had no time off at all he, he's just kept it going uh when you have a guy of his caliber really just taking everything to the house uh, you get guys like Rantanen who, like you said, maybe make, need a little bit of extra time to get going and to gel. People are like, well, McKinnon's doing it. Why isn't Rantanen doing it? Uh, which might be a little bit unfair, but um, I was going to bring up Landis Gog. I, I, I feel like Landis has been, he's been, again, okay. And the same thing with Rantanen. Like they've been, Rantanen's maybe playing a little bit better than Landis Gog, I would say. They've been okay. I think, uh, I think the fan base and I think, definitely coaching staff wants them to play just step it up like we're in the playoffs now so i want i think they want to see them uh kind of just doing the things that they they are known to do to to kind of just get this series over and done with basically now one another guy i was going to mention landis gog um i really don't like how uh zadorov has been playing i i do not like his game right now. He just looks slow. Um, he he just it does not seem like he can do anything with the puck other than carry it for a little while. And if someone is is approaching him, he just wings it to whoever. I don't know. I, I don't know if his, like his. I just almost feel like his time is coming with the Avalanche, and his time is running thing with the Avalanche. When a year ago we weren't really saying that. And I like Zadorov. I like how he normally plays. He's a hard-nosed guy. You need guys like that on your team. But I don't know if he is meshing well with this team anymore. Do you have anything to say on Nikita Zadorov? Yeah, I, I don't. I think defensemen are so hard to evaluate for just your run-of-the-mill hockey fan, especially someone like myself who's never played the game before and, and who is just kind of watching on TV Offensively, I think you're right. He, he's a he's a little bit slow right now, and he's not really contributing to the offense. But I would argue that has never really been Nikita Zadorov's game. He's a defensive defenseman. I mean, and and I don't think he's been terrible in defense. I think the Avs as a whole on defense has played pretty really, pretty well. I think that he's blocked a few shots in these first few games that I've seen. He's had some nice hits. I I get that Nikita Zadorov isn't playing the best, but I think it's a product of being on such a loaded defense score that he is kind of the quote-unquote weak link. Mm-hmm. Sure, he is, but he's still really good as compared to some other NHL defensemen. I mean, the way Eric Johnson is playing right now is, mm. is sort of unreal uh, defensively-wise, and Ian Cole – 
as far as being a defensive defenseman goes and, and playing really well on the boards, he is looking great. And I mean, not, not to mention, I think Kale McCarr has honestly there. I think there is a case to be made that he has been just as valuable as Nathan McKinnon in this series um, with the way he's played, creating chances from the back. Mm. When you're playing with those four guys in your top two defensive sets like you're gonna have a guy that's not the best defenseman in the league so I'm not too worried about (laughs) Nikita Zadorov I just I don't think I certainly wouldn't want to get rid of him I think he brings that kind of toughness and and enforcer like qualities and he's a big hitter and I mean I, I I think physicality, especially during the playoffs, is so important. Um, so I, I I I would I I would still defend Nikita Zadorov. I think he's played okay for what he's been asked to do. All right, fair enough, fair enough. You mentioned um, Kale McCarr. He has been my favorite player to watch in these playoffs. He, yeah, he's he, awesome. He looks like he has been here for ten years the way that he is playing. Uh, he I lost. didn't want to say he's yeah. looked better than Nathan McKinnon, but I sort of like 50% believe he's looked better than Nathan <laughs> he, McKinnon. It's unbelievable. It like, uh, and he logged almost 26 minutes of ice time in this last yeah. game. So they are relying heavily on him on the defensive end and somewhat you know, in the offensive end um, to be that offensive-minded defenseman. Uh, getting kind of unfairly dragged through the mud because of those two open goal or open net goals. Um, those happen. It, it's going to happen. I, you, you can't get down on a guy too much for that. Um, I'm, I'm amazed at how he is able to somehow just always seem like he can get a puck through traffic. Like yeah. when, when he, when he's at the blue line and he picks and chooses when and he sees that little bit of daylight and he knows exactly his accuracy is ridiculous. Um, and he put, again, with those with the two exception, exceptions of those, and people are going to say like, Oh, well, those are huge, uh, you know, mishaps on his part. Yeah, they are. But I mean, it's just it, it, that stuff like that is going Stop. to happen. Stop. I mean, They're, empty net goals are empty net goals. I, I, I just cannot, there are really people that say that. Maybe I'm just oh, not dude, following like, the right people. If, like I, I'm I mean, telling like, if, if you you I mean if you want to get angry, just oh, you might have to go back a little bit at this point. But uh, go go yeah. If you want to if you want to get mad, uh, just look at some comments within the Twitter sphere, and you your head will explode. You're like people. I mean, come off empty it. net goals. <laughs> empty net goals. I have never even seen an analyst blame an empty net goal on a player. That's the point of empty nets. It's inherently risky. Like you are expecting right. the other team to score. Yeah. I'm, well, the the first one. Okay. I mean, they were. It was kind of puck in no man's land, and him and a guy in the Coyotes were kind of both going. He kind of whacked at it. Maybe he should have taken a more different angle at it. That one's forget. But the second one. I mean, he was just trying to stop the puck at the blue line and it just skirted by him. And we don't have a camera angle from the other side to see, at least I haven't seen it, as to why it maybe just hopped over his stick. I mean, he was in the right spot, but um, he's just getting unfairly just crucified for it. But and it's almost like people are forgetting completely what he's done up until this point, which is play exceptionally well, like you've been saying, uh, almost up there 
at Nathan McKinnon status right now. So um, he's kind of been my favorite player to, to watch. Who Anybody for you that, that's kind of been like your person that you're like, wow, you mentioned Eric Johnson, who's been otherworldly somehow. But anybody else is that sticking out to you during this series? I know everyone hates Ian Cole just because he takes some – weird penalties sometimes but I think Ian Cole's played really well yeah. I, I I really like the hits he's putting on guys right now but I, I go with the two that we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. I mean McCarr and McKinnon right now are just playing it up at a world league level so absolutely yeah. um so moving forward then they got a game well when this comes out it'll be tonight um you're feeling pretty good about tonight do you think they kind of correct and when I say correct, I mean figure out how to get more goals past Kemper, which they've proven they can do. He just had a really good game. Give that guy credit. How do you think uh, the game sets up for tonight for them? You know, slow, honestly. Mm-hmm. Really? I think, it, I think it starts slow. I think sometimes you got to wake up. And uh, I, I don't think the Coyotes are necessarily going to score first or anything like that. But I think the game is going to be kind of even early and everyone's going to be cagey defensively with the avalanche just because they don't want to give up goals and they don't want to get down early. Mm. And I think they'll kind of – the aggressiveness won't quite be there early. I would expect (laughs) this game to get more free-flowing as it goes on in the second and third periods. I I just think that the Avs, what they don't want to do right now – is get scored on first in this game. And I think their tactics are going to reflect that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they'll count pretty heavily early on special teams. But yeah, that's kind of how I see the game playing. out. Yeah, I think, um, which is odd because, you know, the Avalanche like to play fast. So uh, do you think they might take a, maybe just go down, like maybe like one gear and just assess things and see how things are going. You know, you know, you're right, but I just – I don't know. I, it's just – I'm basing this theory off of the way you see other teams play when they lose a game in the playoffs. Usually the next game, they come back a little bit a little bit cagey, a little bit sh- – not shell-shocked, but nervous mm-hmm. almost. And maybe the Avs will get through that, but I, I just don't want people to be alarmed if they start a little bit slow. I think you're right. I, I think there's a way that they could start fast, but don't be alarmed if they start just a little bit slow. Okay. I think one thing that they need to button up is they had some bad turnovers and giveaways in, in the um, yeah, defensive they, they, zone. Yeah, their players have been – Rantanen has been bad with the turnovers. Yeah, that uh, is one, one part of the game that has definitely struggled. The one that Belmar had one where he just, you know, he just fell. He just fell down. I, he didn't even lose an edge. I, I, he just I tripped over himself or something. Uh, and had A lot a of that going horrible. around. Yeah. Vlad Nemestikov and uh, Nathan yeah. McKinnon running into each other <laughs> comes to mind. Right. So, um, I mean, it's – I don't know if just the ice is getting used too much or something. I, I don't know. But um, no. it's – yeah. That they, you really they, think that matters? I, no. Can I ask you that question? Everybody has said that, like in Toronto, yeah. Especially they've said, "Oh, the ice is so bad." Like I, I just kind of wonder, like, where do those well, theories come from? <laughs> uh, I, the 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 only thing, I mean, if these things were held in Florida, <laughs> in in August, 
right it might be a little bit different i mean you're you're in you're in canada where it's still pretty warm right there in august but um they have these are especially where where um the avalanche are in edmonton that is a state-of-the-art arena uh there is no issues with that ice they 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 know they have everything set up lined up ready to nothing is wrong with that with that ice toronto i don't really know too much about how things are going in toronto but are they saying the same thing over there people are kind of falling all over the place i have heard you know the pucks seem to be bouncing a lot more out there yeah but boards are bouncy in toronto are they yeah yeah you can get some good bounces up (laughs) um so in terms of game three even though they lost, you know, there's three stars you can pull out of this game, I'm sure. So who, who would you say were your three stars for game three for the Avalanche? In no particular order. I well, you got to give me an order. I mean, oh. we got to go three star, two star, one star. Come on now. <laughs> but you don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, give, give me three guys. Okay. Uh, well, then, <laughs> Burkowski. Because he's a goal scorer, so he'll be one. Okay. I, I think he's played extremely well the past two games, obviously, with the two goals. And he's just been around the net and created some nice shots for himself. Uh, Two-star, I'd have McKinnon. I thought he still played extremely well, even though they, they have lost him. And three, I have Kale McCarr, who I thought had a, a very good game. Yeah. Okay. No Eric Johnson on there. I thought I, Johnson would have been my number one, to be honest with you. J- just because sheer out of sheer will. I mean, when he was he was getting shot at like a like he was a ping pong ball uh, on that one series where he took like two or three like right in the chest. Uh, he doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but um, I thought he played exceptionally well. Yeah, I am. I'm not good at tracking shot blocks and things like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm still kind of a novice hockey walker, watcher in that right. regard. Uh, but yeah, he played extremely well. And Kale McCarr was just kind of a cheap. I didn't really have a third star because they obviously <laughs> lost. So I'll go Eric Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So I, I, I think, I think you know, like you were saying earlier every Stanley cup champion has lost. Um, and sometimes it doesn't hurt to lose. It, right. it makes you take a step back and say like, okay, we weren't as invincible as we thought. I'm not saying the avalanche were saying this, but it makes you take a step back, reassess some things and, and do things differently. And that is another sign of a, a top quality team is to be able to come back. Like you were saying, um, and, after a loss and what do you do after a loss? Cause you're going to have losses and I hate to break it to people. If the avalanche are lucky enough to keep progressing in these playoffs, this won't be their only loss. They will have some more here and there, uh, you know, throughout these playoffs, but what do they do on that day off on those couple of days off to reevaluate, reassess, and then get back out on the ice. Your final thoughts. Yeah. I think the most impressive moment, just to build on your final point there that the avalanche have had during this playoffs is before three loss to Las Vegas. And then following that up with the game one victory, because it showed that you could play a, a really tough game, fight back, come back in the third period against Las Vegas, a really great team score gritty goals, lose in heartbreaking fashion in overtime and then turn around 
And this is why I th- say they might start a little bit slow because they did start a little bit slow in game one um, and then come around and, and win two consecutive playoff games, right. which, which is, I, I think, their best move. I, I am really excited to see how the goalie play continues to evolve throughout the the series. The Coyotes have not had a ton of shots on goals. I no. I would not say either one of the goalies has really been tested yet. I really want to see how they respond. So those will be uh, kind of my final thoughts. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on kind of on short notice too. I I had to switch up the schedule a little bit. So thank you for uh, being so open about that. And like I said a minute ago, if the abs are lucky enough to progress in these playoffs, uh, we'll have you back on again if you want to go for another round. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank it. you very much for having me. Absolutely, man. Love it. All right. We'll be right back. All right. So, yeah, once again, thank you very much to Eric Jensen for coming on. Uh, love his his demeanor. He he calls it like he sees it. He doesn't care what anybody else is thinking. So uh, love having him on and definitely have him on in the future. Like I said, if you want to be on the show and uh, talk Avalanche, after one of their playoff games, drop me a line, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com, or uh, shoot me a line on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. So this is what we've always say about playoff hockey. You don't have to wait long to turn around and avenge a loss. And this is what's going to happen tonight with the Avs, 5.30 Eastern time. And uh, yeah, th- I think they're going to get right back on track. They have some things that, like in any game, you need to to button up. And I think the the one goal that uh, Donsk, well, I don't want to say he gave it up, but he just had really bad positioning. So it's stuff like that. It's stuff of, of knowing where your guy is, trying to get some more traffic in front of the net, stop these turnovers. Oh, my God. They, 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 some of the turnovers were just brutally bad. And you listen to... Coach Bednar in in the post game press conference he 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 said he loved how this team played. Uh, he the third period in this game he he says was their best period yet, and I believe him. But some people just won't think you know. Well, you have nothing to show for it. Yeah, okay, you don't have any you don't have a win to show for it. it doesn't take away from the way that they played. If they get that effort. Uh, for 60 minutes, Coyotes don't stand a chance. You can guarantee those are things that they're going to be impressing upon the team, coupled with PowerPoint production, and I think the abs will be okay. So we'll see. We'll have Nikki on for tomorrow's show. That'll be it for today. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Stay safe. Here is Jovi. Go, abs, go! Go, abs, go!